0: Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about toxic love and loyalty. So we're going to cover a little bit more about toxic behavior, um, where it comes from, uh, how it's connected with your family or their family, and how it affects you and the dynamics, right? Right. So Margaret has got some really good information for you guys to think about and it's helpful to kind of, you know, kind of look at this stuff and gauge how your past relationships may have been toxic and in order to fix them, you can uh, look at what's not working right. and make some changes.
1: Now this is a pretty complex subject, so bear with me and you'll let me know if I get too Complicated here. Okay. All right. I'll count on you for that. <laughs> now, it's possible to be born into a toxic family. Mm-hmm. Think about that. If you have parents who are so focused on each other or their own needs mm-hmm. that they can't pay much attention to you, uh-huh. um, think about that. And then think about what happens when, as all kids do and have to do, you go to them and ask for attention. What do you think happens? You don't get it. If you say I'm sick, I don't feel good. I'm hungry. I have a need. My older brother's beating me up, and you don't get a response. Not only that, they get annoyed when you ask, yeah. and say so you go deal with your brother. Yep, they, no. get, angry
0: they get angry at you. They get right. angry at you. They lash out at you. They
1: lash out at you. Uh, that means you quickly decide that it's not a good idea to ask for your needs to be met. Sure. And that can be a lesson that stays with you forever, um, well into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And we've even talked about it in terms of attachment styles. Sure. But that's a bad experience. Now, you can be born into a toxic family. And like all kids, we think the family we're born into is wonderful, even when they're not. Yeah. And so we learn how to do business from people who do business in a toxic way. Okay? Yeah. And... Suppose Dad is the controller in the family, and it isn't necessarily Dad; it could be it could be Mom. But we'll mm-hmm. give Dad the rap as usual. No, or grandparents. Grand, oh yes, and grandparents. Absolutely, good point. Mm-hmm. Because intergenerational toxicness absolutely exists. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, You've seen you, a lot of that. I have seen an awful lot of that. But if you're born into a family that does business this way, then that's what you learn. Okay, and you have no way of knowing that that's not the right way to do things, Mm -hmm. Um, and so you may approach the world from the point of view of not wanting to be noticed. If you get noticed in a toxic family, you can get hit. You can be told to be quiet. um, You can certainly see what happens when other people ask to have their needs met. So you learn. Sure. Yeah. So you learn to close off the world around you okay mm-hmm. to not respond to it to stay small and and try to become invisible and i worked with a woman one time who had been anorexic and she had been into substance abuse and she was very blonde and very tiny and she really looked like she was physically trying to become invisible And when she was approached with that metaphor, she had volumes to say, because that is exactly how she had felt. I just got lucky with my observation. I I doubt that. But literally, you could see that she was trying to disappear. Mm -hmm. And she had to be reassured that she had a right to be in this world. Mm -hmm. And everyone could see when she told her story why she would conclude that it was safer not to be noticed. Yeah. Okay. So, being born into a toxic family can do terrible things to you. And all of the things that you would expect would happen, happen to these folks. They tend to grow up, meet and marry other people from toxic families. Mm -hmm. And they can take any role in the toxic family. They can marry somebody who's toxic and going to put them in a box. They can feel terrified of being abandoned all of the time and put their partner in a box. Uh, all of those terrible outcomes can happen. Yeah. Until it occurs to you that love should not hurt. Okay? Love should not squeeze you. Love should not hold you back from doing what makes you grow and breathe yeah. healthy air. We'll s- stay with the box image if that's okay. Um, you need to get out of your box and to breathe healthy air and to breathe fresh air. And To be able to grow and even though
0: it's going to be scary
1: even though it's going to be scary But the the controller in the family the toxic person um, Will try to keep you in that box even as you get into adulthood. Yeah, all right
0: And, and there's a reason for that
1: because they're so terrified. They'll be abandoned mm-hmm. terrified yes, and right. They often want their secrets kept too, right? Oh, yes, there's another dimension. Yes. I was going to move on to that in just a second okay. because you had mentioned intergenerational toxicity. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've noticed since because I've been a trauma therapist for all these many years, I've worked with many, many, many women who have come from this kind of family and then have experienced this kind of marriage. Um, and beyond the marriage, there is a huge Push that these families, these toxic families make to keep people loyal and to keep them from talking about what really went on in their family of origin. Mm-hmm. And I heard today, in fact, um, when I was talking to a gentleman this morning, that there was a that his his girlfriend talked with her mother every day and always got off of the phone missing the family and wishing she could be back there with the family, which, of course, was probably the worst thing for her possibly imaginable. Mm-hmm. She had come from an extremely dysfunctional family, and even this man didn't know everything that had gone on. But families will hold on to, especially mothers, will hold on to these grown women and not allow them out of the <coughs> original box they were born into, if they can. Yeah until the person is able to say, Wait a minute. Again, this is a small box I'm being kept in. And this is not okay. Um, I'm not going to put up with it anymore. And it takes an enormous amount of courage to do that because these families can generate guilt trips you can't imagine. But I have seen people do it. Mm -hmm. And I can think of one woman in particular Um, who had an extremely toxic sister coming to visit her. And she really didn't want her to come. And I said to her, you don't have to. You can tell her you're not letting her in the door. Or you can tell her her you're not letting her in the door unless she contracts with you that we're all going to treat each other respectfully. And then, of course, people get scared to death that what little family they have, they won't have anymore. But this woman, who was enormously gutsy, did it and said to this woman, I'm not letting you in my door until we both are clear that we're going to be nice and positive with each other for your visit. And the woman growled, okay, but did it. But did it. And it changed this woman's relationship with her entire toxic family. Um, So usually if you challenge these people, they're not quite as formidable as they have seemed to be. Mm -hmm. But the guilt trips are terrible. Oh, yeah. The guilt trips are terrible. One of the most abused people I ever worked with went home to take care of her mother when she was in her final illness purely because of very well-executed guilt. Wow. Okay. Um, So it's very powerful stuff. But the secret is escape. And the secret is to trust that things can get better. And that loyalty under these circumstances isn't loyalty, it's submission. Say that again. Okay. Loyalty, people will say, I need to be loyal to my mother, to my family of origin, and I need to give up my present life to go and take care of them. Because they're going to make me feel guilty if I don't. They don't say that part of the sentence, but it's there. And to do that, to give up your own selfhood and your own well-being is not loyalty, it's submission. You're submitting to the guilt trip that was being put on you. Wow. Because our first job in this world is to become the best people we can become. And when somebody's telling you that family obligations um, override that, you have to say no. Unreasonable family obligations. Sure. Not reasonable ones. Yeah. Um, But I've seen many crises manufactured so people can't go to weddings or can't go to other important things that they've needed to go to. I've seen every manipulation in the book. And it's all to keep the person on the bookshelf in the right spot.
0: Can you give a good example of one of those that you saw? Like a crisis that somebody would manufacture?
1: Oh, um, well, there are many people in this world who have health crises. Um, at least every couple of weeks Mm -hmm. in fact I had a woman one time her mother I think was in Missouri I think that was it I think it was Missouri and every time this woman's life would start to go well for her mother would have a health crisis go to the hospital and the hospital would call this woman finally after the fourth crisis I said no, no this is not happening, you're not doing this again she didn't have the money to go there she had to fly there, you know all of that kind of thing and then there was the woman whose mother got cancer every Thanksgiving. Oh, I remember you telling remember me that one? story. Uh, because things were so crazy, and some of these really, really toxic families are at their finest toxicity in the holidays, over mm-hmm. the holidays. You gotta amp it up. Yeah, you got holiday amp, spirit. That's right, that <laughs> holiday spirit. But every every holiday season, this woman would have enough sense to say, "I don't want to go." have the holiday with my family because she was the family scapegoat and she'd get beaten up by absolutely everybody. So, of course, she didn't go. Mm -hmm. So, every Thanksgiving, Mother had some doctor's appointment that said she might have cancer and they'll only find out when the tests come back, but they're pretty sure. Now, when that happened the third time, I said, oh, no, come on now. Um, You don't want to go. You shouldn't go. It always turns out to be ghastly for you and then everybody blames you for ruining Christmas. Mm -hmm. All right? So those things can all be done. Love shouldn't hurt, and love should not be limiting.
0: Yeah. All right. Was there a particular manipulation that stood out over the years that really just made you think, no, now
1: that is something I've never seen before? I'd have to think about that a bit, which I'll do. Health manipulations um, were quite good. Someone else is abusing me is another one. But give me a little time to think about that. I'm sure I've got a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I've All got right, a good we'll one. All right, we'll cover that in All another right. video. All right, we'll go to that one in another video. Okay. But it's as as wild as the human mind can be. Um, I've known people to say they had been arrested when they hadn't. You've got to come down and bail me out. What about fake pregnancies? Um... I have dealt with a slightly older population. Mm -hmm. Um, But that can be determined so quickly these days. It's not quite as useful as it used (laughs) to be. I had one woman uh, who so desperately wanted her mother to act like a mother that she would say that her adolescent boys had beaten her up and somehow managed to get some bruises so that mother would come and help her with the adolescent boys. Who hadn't done anything at all. They were nice kids. Wow. But she was so desperate to have her mother act like, you know, a mother.
0: I can't even imagine how you figured that one out.
1: (laughs) Um, I hadn't been in the field very long, and I thought, and I was doing uh, child welfare work, which is crisis ridden. Um, And I thought, wait a minute, this woman has had like six crises in the past X number of months. Every single time, it's been somehow she was victimized by some mean person. Sometimes her son's somebody else. And every time her mother comes to visit, bingo, I get it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that is amazing about Margaret is she loves to figure things out. I'm relentless. She really is. (laughs) You talked to me about uh, before when you, you were in school 400 years ago. Yes. About how you used to just walk around the house and think about P- putting the pieces yes, of things I together. Yes,
1: I would pace around the house thinking, this does or doesn't make sense. Why doesn't it? There's got to be a theory here. There's got to be a lesson here. I've seen this in three or four cases. What's the theory? Where can I find it? And then I would follow people around if I thought they knew something I didn't about how to do all this. I would follow people till they told me what they knew. And,
0: and your memory, this is incredible too, Margaret's memory is insane. It is. Right? Yes. I don't know, is it? You remember? I remember one time you said to me, this is probably at least five years ago, I said, Margaret, how do you remember that? Do you remember what you told me? No. I'm surprised. <laughs> no. You said, I remember everything important that anyone has ever told me.
1: If I hear you say it, I can remember it. Yeah. And I know you as yeah. a person as a human being absolutely and I confound people I said well some you made, it, you made that same metaphor another time back so and so they think I'm divinely inspired the other thing I do is I read over my notes mm-hmm. sometimes that's cheating you know <laughs> it is so that if you bring up a topic or a theme I've heard before I will remember it but if a real life human being has said it to me I remember it if I read it in a book I may not yeah
0: that's what I mean or it's if like, I hear a professor
1: yeah. drone it I may not remember it but if I know you and I have some ongoing conversation with you. Chances are I'll remember. It's
0: it's really incredible. You yeah. could probably say something that I told you over a breakup, you know, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and and I I don't remember that and you do. Yeah. It's
1: incredible. <laughs> it's a gift of some sort. I'm grateful for it. It's helped me in my chosen profession.
0: It certainly has. Yeah. And you've been around for a while, so a really
1: long time. <laughs> centuries and centuries. After all, I saw that opening act of Romeo and Juliet that I referred to last time.
0: Wow. Okay. So hopefully this will help you understand um, toxic families and the loyalty that they have and why it occurs. And maybe you can, you know, look at your situation if there's any kind of this behavior going on. Right. And maybe put some of those pieces together. But if you feel this,
1: if you feel there's real tension um, with your family of origin, that is a lifelong issue. If you still have it, take a good look at it because it can mess up your present.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. If you have any issue where you're in a situation where there's toxic behavior, family members abuse, Margaret is an excellent resource and she has incredible amounts of experience. I cannot recommend her any more than I possibly could. She's absolutely incredible. The stuff that she sees and, and understands is far better than any clinician I've ever met, hands down and you'll absolutely love talking to her. That's why I keep you on my shelf. (laughs) See? (laughs) So if you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype.
1: Margaret is available for Skype coaching. I am available and I was slow to be able to see you for a while, I was backed up, but I've caught up now so I can see you more quickly. So please feel free.
0: Just click on Margaret on the top of the website Be sure to like the video for Margaret's hard work and subscribe to the channel and make sure you hit the little notification. That way you know when the next video comes out. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.